Hi everyone, this is PCI PDI 360 Conversations in Crisis Management with Joe Bermudez. Thank you for joining us today and joining our conversations. We're live from Miami just before the start of 2020 North American Crisis Management Summit. Today, I'm with my good friend, John Turner. John, how are you? Doing great, Joe. Nice to be in Miami with you. Awesome, my friend. Awesome. Great to see you. Now, John, um, again, we're doing uh, basically talking to the illustrious uh, personalities in uh, PCI, PDI, and the marketplace. And I wanted to talk to you today about what you've done in the marketplace, where you've been, your experience, because we have a lot of people listening to this and saying to themselves, you know, what is it that, you know, what does the space hold? What's it do? What's the insurance involved? And what's all the other aspects that make it work so well? And you've had quite the uh, experience in regards to PCI. You've been there from almost the very beginning. So let us know, where did you start with respect to um, your involvement with this business line? And where's it gone from there? Yeah, I, I try not to think about it in terms of time, Joe, just because it's been quite a while. Um, but yeah, I, I first got involved in, in this type of product line back in the 1990s on the back of you know dealing with product liability claims because in many ways this is the flip side of a product liability scenario, albeit with first-party coverage and it's more reputational risk-driven. Um, so that's how I first got involved. I got involved as an adjuster at McLaren's back in those days when I was in the UK based in London. And I worked with a guy that got involved in some of the initial markets that were dealing with this in this space. And I was kind of his lad. And I you know, used to do little jobs for him and see how it was done and, and kind of learned an awful lot from him. Uh, he's a guy called Peter Golding, who's now retired, but taught me an awful lot. You know, a wise head that I was able to suck up a lot of information from. So, you know, most of my career has been on the adjusting side, but I spent... Six years on the underwriting side, you know, over at Excel, working with Ed Mitchell and Mark Hutton, which again was a, a great experience. And what I did learn is that, you know, on the underwriting side, you know, Friday evenings are, are tend to be quite fraught because you might get some hotline calls and <laughs> you wonder how much you might have lost your company on that given day or whatever the case might be. Whereas now, the calls when a loss has occurred, you know, uh, they're not so stressful. Um, you know, there's, there's still the same pressure to help the client. There's still the same you know, why are we here? We're here because clients have this risk that they can't manage because, you know, whether it's the risk inside their own four walls or whether it's the supply chain or whether it's regulatory risk or reputational risk. And, and you know, one thing that I've learned over the years is that, you know, the reason we're all here is because clients buy this insurance. And it's, it's you know, working on the underwriting side gave me insights into how difficult it is to actually bring a client to market and get them to buy the coverage. And then all of a sudden they have a claim. And then the whole thing gets really real because theory's gone out the window and now you're into a live claim scenario and the company wants to see there's some value from this product. And well, as you know, Joe, you know, it's a small market that, that we work in. And, and I'm acutely aware that you know, colleagues and friends of mine have worked very hard to sell this insurance and, and to form the right coverages and, and you know, on a personal level, I don't want to be having difficult conversations with my colleagues and friends in the market because something has gone awry or, or, or something hasn't worked out properly. So, yeah, I mean, we've in my time, I've dealt with every single, pretty much, pretty much every single industry sector that's involved in the product chain, uh, with very few exceptions. Um, obviously, done a lot of work in the European arena, uh, done a lot of work in the North American arena. Inevitably, those things take you on to a global level, and. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think 
I, I really enjoy it. I still enjoy it as much as I did back then. You know, I, I still have the enthusiasm for it, which is kind of surprising. I, I, I wonder about my sanity sometimes, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Jeff. And But your experience as an underwriter, what yeah. is that? How do you bring that um, to play in regards to your role as a loss adjuster? Right. Um, so so I, I guess it's twofold, really. One is... On the underwriting side, you understand the coverage, and and you understand the history behind the way the the way the wordings are, and you understand what's not covered. So you understand intent, and you understand policy language. So that's super helpful. But you also understand the underwriting process, and you understand the information the underwriters secure when they decide to quote on a risk, and you know the kind of information they've been through, and. and I think having been an underwriter has, has made me, on a personal level, a better, better adjuster because I, I know what the, underwriters, what the underwriters have seen and, and I know how to carry out a due diligence exercise accordingly because you know, the underwriters want to make sure that the risk as represented to them is, is the risk as is the reality. You know, so I, I know where to look. Uh, so that's an important thing. And, and, you know, so due diligence, I think, is really important because, you know, we, we manage a pool. It's the old-fashioned insurance scenario, right? We manage a pool of funds, and, you know, the pool of funds is there for good actors to be able to draw upon in the event they have a loss. And, and part of our role is to make sure that, you know, those funds are properly drawn upon and that, that you don't have a bad actor who has bad intention, you know, drawing upon those funds in an unfair way to the rest of the pool, such that it drives the price of insurance up. Interesting, interesting. Now, let me ask you, uh, it's always been my contention that um, the loss adjuster, the French accountant, are critical to the success of this marketplace because of the fact that you are the face of the insured. When the insured has a problem, you're one of the first people they're going to not only talk to, but they're going to meet face-to-face to talk right. about what's just happened. And they're in the middle of a crisis. Right. How do you find that experience? I mean, what is that like when you sit down with them for the first time and they're trying to, they're in the middle of dealing with the crisis, but right. they need to talk to you about their claim and what's going on underneath the insurance? Yeah, you're really bringing things down to a very human level. And you're having a person-to-person interaction for the first time when one of the parties is in crisis mode. So, so our job is to be able to, you know, read the body language, read the tea leaves, recognize that, understand that the crisis response is by far the most important part of the, of the picture in the early days, in the golden hours, because that's all about how the client is managing their brand and reputation. And, and it's just, quite often, it's, it's helping that client understand that when they have questions around insurance, they can turn to us when they're ready, but also being able to gently and without taking up too much of their time, just give them some indications on, on things that they can miss because they're in full-on crisis mode. Often they've not had a prior recall of, of a, maybe at all or maybe not of that magnitude, and they're learning. And, and we expect them to make sensible decisions in a time of crisis as regards to an insurance they haven't used before. So, so, so sometimes it's just a question of just checking and say, look, I, I know we're not top of your priorities right now, but I just think you should think about this, this, and this, you know, and, and just have those things in mind when you're making your decisions, you know, because then we'll, we'll have a conversation down the road, which is going to be easier for you and easier for the insurance company. So, you know, it, it's gentle hand-holding and recognise that they've got a tremendous job to do, and, and, it, and it's being there to assist them as, as best we can. Um, you know, given the, the limitations of the insurance coverage. 
Interesting. Now, th- now, but you bring up a, a great um, point, and maybe I should have gone on and talked to you about this beforehand with respect to, but some people actually don't know, you know what a loss adjuster does, especially right. in the PCI, PDI space. Can you right. talk to us a little bit about, let the audience know, yeah. you know what is it that, that you're, what is your role between the insurer, the broker, and, and the insured or the policyholder, all the stakeholders, what's your right. role in all of that? I, th- I think our role is, is to, um, is to it, the key role I think is to manage expectations you know, right the way from the get-go. And, and some of that is about you know, really understanding the underwriting process, really understanding the coverage. Um, you know, that, that's a really critical feature for us. So I, I think really it, it's, it's to facilitate smooth, conversation and communication between the insured and the carrier and also the broker so that everyone understands where everybody is at and they understand why and I think that's a huge part of our role is is to increase understanding of each party's position with the other party because it's too easy for for there not to be a human face involved and for the insured to be suspicious of the insurer and vice versa so our role is to kind of take the fear out of the equation and take the unknowns and the suspicions out of the equation and bring some familiarity to the situation and, and, under, and explain to the insured why things are the way they are and why the insurer might need that certain part of information. And then consequently, you know, to explain to the insurance company, well, here's why the insured make that decision. You know, here's the dilemma they were faced with and given the circumstances, this is why they chose to make that decision. It's really building understanding. It's, it's at a human level, it's, it's helping facilitate communication that the two parties to the contract can really understand where the other's coming from and why things are the way they are. So hopefully, as best possible, we maximise the chances of having a, a, a good outcome. And that doesn't always mean the claim is getting paid. Sometimes it means flagging early on for instance, this, this, this is a pure quality issue. This, this is probably not you know, going to be covered under your insurance policy. And, and bringing those things to mind at a fairly early stage in a, in a gentle and sensitive way and, and making sure that you know, expectations are managed right from the outset. And, and you know, with my team, um, a number of whom are also former underwriters and you know, all that good stuff, I think we're able to do that. I, th- I think we're able to offer a service where you know, we can find, we, 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 we know where the red flags are going to be if there are any red flags and we, and we know how to, how to find them pretty quickly. And if they're not there, great. But if they are there, we raise them quickly and we don't let, you know, the, the expectation that the insurance is going to respond get into the C-suite when it really shouldn't. Because given that message, you know, a few months down the line is going to be tremendously difficult. By that time, expectations are set. There's an expectation they're going to recover certain funds. All that kind of thing. So I, th- I think a massive part of what we do is managing expectations at both ends, because both parties, you know, are, are, are capable of actions which, um, you know, which need to be understood fully, and 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 they both have decisions to make and thought processes which need to be understood by the other parties. So helping them understand each other is a big part of what we do. There's a little bit of diplomacy in there, I guess. 
A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, you know, yeah. especially in the time when the when the um, policyholders in the in the in crisis mode, it has to be just that diplomatic. Right. And I, right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's why you're su- you're so successful in regards to the fact that you know you are the face of the insurer. You're the one out there who's going to shake the hand right. directly and say we're here to talk to you about this in your time of, of need in regards to the right. time of crisis. And so it's because uh, you've done well. I mean, obviously right. your your team has done well. So let me ask you about that you know mclaren's um you, you, you know you had done this as you had mentioned uh years ago yeah. um took a, a, a quick hiatus with respect to uh, underwriting and then right. came back to it and, and, and into this fabulous role that you've always held um as one of the premier if not the premier um loss adjuster what is it about your team the mclaren's team that brings to the marketplace and and why is it that it's so helpful in regards in regarding to the uh, marketplace and how you're helping the marketplace grow i I think there are various answers to that joe and and some of it to use a kind of boring sports analogy is we've got really good bench strength so we've got i've got i'm really lucky to have around me you know some excellent professionals who really understand the space you know uh, former underwriters uh, other members of the team who've been adjusting these types of losses for several years. And we've also got you know, the ability to be able to manage losses locally on a global basis, uh, whether, they, whether, we're, whether we're working on those losses on behalf of markets outside of the US, maybe it's Singapore, maybe it's Australia, maybe it's something out of London that's in Europe or in continental Europe. So I've, I've, I'm very lucky to have people around the world who, who understand what it's like to work in those jurisdictions and people that have experience. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, th- I think a combination of things really. But I think you know that all of us on the team understand that that we're here because somebody's paid a premium, and 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 I think all of us have the philosophy of you know insofar as we can, how can we help you, the client who's bought this insurance? How can we best facilitate and make your claim progress properly? I spent a bit of time on this podcast talking about you know due diligence and making sure that we, we don't have any bad actors. But, you know, what I'm pleased to say, Joe, is that in the vast majority of cases, you know, the companies are good actors. And, you know, they've got, they've got a genuine issue through, you know, through purely fortuitous reasons, and, and it's our role to try and walk them through a difficult process as best we can. And the reason the process is difficult is because it's not like having a, you know, an, a, a small fire or a, a little bit of a water escape in your facility where everybody knows the drill. This is very new for some companies. And, and you know, and, and, and one of the examples I could pick up would be, you know, when they're dealing with their customers and the coverage incorporates, you know, recall liability coverages. And, and we will say to them, look, you know, be very careful when you're looking at your customer claims. Ask, ask them what the claim is made up of. You know, ask for a breakdown, ask for support. Ask questions of whether or not you know, this is indeed um, you know, a truly incremental expense. And you know, quite often one that can be very easily missed, but we, we make a point of really asking them for is look, look at your contract with your customers. Because more often than not, your coverage is going to be driven by your contractual liability to your, to your, uh, to your customer. So when you're reaching a settlement with your customer, be very, very mindful of what the contract terms say and what you owe them in that given circumstance. Because if you pay them what you owe them contractually, you're probably going to find a much smoother process in terms of you know, at least getting the customer damages part of your claim paid. So the little things that, that we know because of our experience both on the loss side and on the underwriting side. 
um, you know, and, and, and because of our familiarity with the underwriting side, and I think with product safety terminology, you know, in, in various sectors, we know what to ask them for and we know why, and we can speak their language. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that we're, we're product safety experts because clearly we're not, but we know enough that, that they can talk to us on a, on, a, you know, on a relatively technical level. We understand, you know, we can ask for certain documentation which we know they'll be able to pull off the shelf and give to us, which will give us the information that we need to say to the carrier, here's why this thing is the way it is. And here's the supporting documentation that shows us the way it is. And, and as we can see, you know, what the insured told us about the causes of the loss or, or, or the history of their regulatory issues is correct because we know where to go looking for and we know how to interpret the information once it's been delivered to us. Interesting. Now, you raised something um, during your discussion there about um, the third-party uh, recall liability. Mm -hmm. um, now, as you know, the, and just for background for our um, the audience that's joining us uh, in our conversation today is the third-party recall liability endorsement is a relatively newer type coverage under right. the policy. Do you find that that has been helpful to growing the, the PCI and the PDI um, uh, marketplace? Because, you know, first of all, what does yeah. it do? You can explain it to the audience. And what does it do? And then has it been helpful in regards to saying to the insured, this is one of the great benefits about this type of insurance? Right, right. Well, you, you know, to my mind, the best way to explain it is that it, it covers the insured's liability for pure economic loss under contract in the event that the insured's product has caused economic damage to a customer. And it may be an immediate customer, it may be a customer further down the supply chain. I think in that regard, it certainly helped because it's, it's plugging up a very significant exposure gap for those companies that wasn't covered by their CGO insurance, except in given circumstances, which we probably won't go to on the back of this podcast. Um, but as for all things, Joe, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a nuanced question. Has it been helpful to the market? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a really valuable coverage. But it brings challenges on the adjustment side because when you're dealing with the insured's customer, you're, you're one further step apart. And the insured want to make sure that they have that customer tomorrow, next year, and in 10 years' time. So they're in a really tough spot. So they, they need to keep their business functioning. They need to keep the lifeblood flowing. And because we're that one step removed, you know, we can, we can advise and insure on what types of things they need to look for and look at in the event that they're settling customer claims. But we can't be there in the room with them when they're going through and doing their, reaching their agreement with the insured. So, yes, it's an absolutely valuable coverage. B, it, it can bring more difficulty because, you know, in that situation, we're, we're a third party to the customer claim, so to speak. You know, we're one step removed and, and, you know, trying to have that direct interaction with the customer is, is you know, we, we really don't. So it brings challenges on the adjusting side, but from a market standpoint, it's, it's an essential coverage for, for, you know, customers that have that type of, of, of exposure in regards to their product and their markets. Excellent. Thanks, John. Thanks for explaining that. Um, now, I want to come back to um, the, the, your loss adjusting services and McLaren sure. services specifically. How is it that the marketplace can better utilize McLaren services uh, in the marketplace, again, not only with respect to claims, but in, in promoting um, and, and building and growing um, this, this space? I, I think because um, hopefully we, we bring a good experience to, to, the, to the equation. I mean, you know, having people with experience on work on these types of losses is absolutely invaluable. And, and you do not 
whether you're on the inside, you know, whether you're an in, in-house adjuster or whether you're an independent adjuster, you don't want to be learning on the job at some insured's expense. So I think what we bring is a tried and tested team who, who are seasoned professionals who really understand the space and who can really help an insured out. You know, and, and, and that, I think, is the key. It's, it's the experience, it's the ability to be able to see the issues before they become problematic and manage the issues before they become truly problematic. So I think that's the value proposition we bring. And, you know, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're supported by, you know, the vast majority of the markets, you know, uh, in the, from a North American perspective domestically and, and, and in London. So we're, we're fortunate from that perspective. But I would say that that's where we really add value in, in the, you know, we know, we know the space very well and we can help the insurer to really manage their, customer, their customer's experience. Now, what's the, um, what's the best part about being a, a loss adjuster in, in the PCI, PDI marketplace? Honestly, I, th- I, I think it's the people in our market. I, I, I really, in, I, th- I think we've got a great market. I think we're, uh, we're, we're heavy in terms of people with, with fun, interesting personalities. You know, we've got a lot of great minds in our space. Uh, they're, they're, they're fun people to hang out with on a personal level. Um, so I, I really enjoy that. The, the other side of it is, you know, th- there's always a new challenge. And there's always things that we haven't seen before. And you know, maybe we can play a part in the market response to managing a new type of risk or a new type of loss. So there's always something new to learn. We're always dealing with different people. And, and I think that's the toughest part of the job is, is every, every loss brings different people and different personalities and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, th- and that's the toughest part is, is you know, is, is dealing with people. Some, some people are fantastic to work with. Some of the insurers, they're super organized. You send them an RFI. They get it to you, they put a nice little bow on top of the box, they explain everything to you, and it's like, wow, this is great. And others, they're doing the best job they can, but they're perhaps not so disorganized, they probably don't have the same level of resource. You know, they need to be walked through it far more carefully and have their hand held a lot more closely. You know, and, and, and as we all know, with our own families, you know, there are different personalities to manage with our own families, which makes relationships sometimes tough and sometimes great. So. I think those are the, the key parts that I personally enjoy, as well as you know, being slightly nerdy and enjoying getting down into the <laughs> the nitty gritty and the detail and and all that good stuff. And I know you do. You told me some stories that have put me off for food or for, uh, different types of foods for a long time. Uh, that's great. Thank you for that. That was a great answer. Um, so um, just to close out uh, on a, a more personal note, what is something that you can share with the marketplace that most people don't know about John Turner? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'll tell you one thing that most people don't know about me is that I got engaged uh, two weeks ago. So, hey, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I've, I've been keeping it kind of quiet, but, you know, my, my other half... Not anymore. My other half, Christine, <laughs> she tells me I'm, I'm being ridiculous when I say nobody's really interested. She says, of course people are interested. They want to know what you're doing in your life. So there's one. Uh, awesome. awesome. That, that you that's a fantastic one. Thank so, you. you know, you're the first person I've told at this awesome. conference. So I've announced it by podcast there. <laughs> there you go, right. Now Christine, now. how's that? Awesome. You know, I'm announcing it to the, the product contamination market. What more could you possibly want on the, on the PDI market? <laughs> that's awesome. And we appreciate you doing that on PCI, PDI 360. That's awesome. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to see you. And uh, we should success at uh, 2020 NACMS, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Johnny. Take care.